Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today I have uh, Ronnie Shank, also known as Ronnie on Saturn. That's his musical uh, endeavor. So, yeah, he's uh, the first guest that I have that I don't really know as a friend. Yeah. I met him once or twice at a party, but (laughs) he reached out, wanted to be on the podcast. I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. It's been cool because every week I did a podcast, I've had at least one person reach out to do the podcast again uh just from that podcast so it's been like people love what you got going on there first i'm curious about your music i was listening to it in preparation for the podcast and i, I never really listened to it before but i actually really enjoyed it it's got awesome, a good thank uh, you, thank you. electric feel so i was wondering uh where like growing up what kind of music did you listen to that inspired you to go into this type of electronic music uh a lot of pop a lot of pop Grew up on uh, Michael Jackson, Maroon Five. Really? Yeah. So like those those two, we tend to get told it kind of has that sound. Yeah, I would say Maroon Five for sure. Sounded sounded uh, similar. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a more dance heavy Maroon Five. That's kind of the vibe so far. It seems uh, that people correlate it with. So you can tell there's some influence there. For sure, no doubt. Um, How long have you been making music? personally i've been writing songs for about goodness since i was about 12 so 28 about 14 years always been with you yeah yeah this is the first actual like project um i did karaoke probably two three times a week for about six years so developed your voice and yeah live performance found found your style and all that yeah yeah all that kind of stuff so yeah well just waited for the right opportunity and when did you start the ronnie on saturn project so I met my producer, Pat. Um, he's been doing music for like 15 years. And I met him officially, like hung out with him last summer. And uh, we got talking to, talking about music and stuff like that and kind of just kicked it off and told him my vision. He got really excited about it and wanted to hop on board. So yeah. it's kind of like a, a duo, producer and cool. so lead duo. Does he make all the music? Like, yeah. The, yeah. That's cool. That's it's convenient. Yeah. It's definitely convenient being able to have like a producer, you know, in house. It, it, it makes it a it's, lot easier. It's great to have that partnership because then like you kind of get each other's feel for what you need and what oh, you want. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, how many albums did you put out so far? So we have three singles and then we released our EP last month. Okay. So, so yeah, that's right. There's the big one. album is coming, um, but we are. We tend to take things like a very, very professional approach. So we're really trying to like make it sound very, very good. So it'll be coming though. Where do you do your recording at? Do you have a studio of your own? Pat Pat has his his studio set up and stuff like that. Yeah, whatever you got going on, it sound the it sounds the quality sounds good. So he's he's great. That's always um, a bonus to have that starting out. Have the professional quality. Back on. <laughs> All right. Uh, had a little camera trouble there. I'm back on. <laughs> Happens. Yeah. I, for, I forget what we were talking about just now. Um, but, um, yeah. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not sure. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. We were talking about your music and everything. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. My producer, Pat, I think that's where we left off. But yeah, he's phenomenal. Great yeah. to have him in house. Been doing it for for a while. How did seriously. how did he learn uh, to how did he learn to get good at producing? I think it was like two three years ago. I think he said he started it. Which I when I first heard that I was like, "Ooh, 
that's kind of like in terms of years like Very a little recent, amateur yeah. yeah and just with how he learns things so quickly like it is truly impressive he does 3d um like visuals and stuff like that picks pick that up very quickly within a couple years so he kind of just loves to tackle things and get really good at them and do a do a bunch of different stuff yeah i love it because i'm just learning to produce music myself so it's cool to hear it's a lot of fun like i'm learning it yeah i always wanted to learn it it's just like it's complicated it is yeah um it's just like i'm pretty good on computers to start with so that helps Mm -hmm. just to learn all you just gotta the more you do it the different tricks you learn and everything that as far as music goes you just develop develop the ear the more you do it 100 percent. yeah that's what it is i think it's just the repetition the practice and stuff like that you develop that yeah just it's it just like it's like layers to wear off to where you get good at it the more you do it the Every time the layer just wears off to where you actually get, because music is like something that's within oh for sure our souls. I feel like it's just the way to get around. Some different people have to f- do different things to express it, I guess, or to get it out of them. Some people, it's more naturally just easily in there. Some people have to work a little harder to access it. For sure, and especially with like the music producing, I always found like the hardest part for me isn't so much like the making of the music it's when you go to like edit the things and mm-hmm. understanding the terminology of it yeah. like gain and all that stuff yeah. like learning all of that was like right. really difficult for me yeah. at first but once you start to get the hang of it it's mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun yeah mm-hmm. uh do you play instruments no i used to play guitar back in high school um very little wasn't great at it um and then i played keyboard for a little bit mm-hmm. But I've always liked dancing and stuff. Like I said, kind of grew up on Michael Jackson and stuff. Really liked choreography. So gotcha. didn't like being strapped down to something when I was yeah. performing and, and stuff like that. For so. sure. Yeah. I want to learn some stuff. I would really like to learn the saxophone. Yeah. That, that's a big one I want to learn. <laughs> That'd be cool, learning an instrument. Yeah. yeah. I never I I never uh, learned an instrument either. I There was like two or three different times throughout my childhood where I picked up guitar for like a week or two and just never stuck to it. It, It's it's difficult. Yeah. Now I wish I would have, because now I could be, you know, jamming out. But That would be so easy. Like that would make my songwriting so much easier. Like just being able to have an instrument to play. Because aside from really kind of like amateur beatboxing in a way, like that's the only way you can kind of really get a beat. You record Mm -hmm you know, some kind of beatboxing sound and then write lyrics to it. That's kind of the only way I can do it. But, yeah. you know, you make it work. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of writing, what's like your writing process? Do you just like take a notebook and write? Do you write to beats? Do you write different styles? What's your writing process? Pretty much any way. Like since working with Pat, a lot of it is writing to beats. Like he'll yeah. send me, you know, instrumentals over and you know, I write lyrics to them. Yeah. A lot of times, like growing up, I, I just found this was really cool for me is I'll like pick a word or an emotion. Yeah. And like, for example, our, our song Escape, uh-huh. I kind of just thought of that word and was like, I'm going to write a song about like escaping a relationship okay. and kind of just built the whole song off of that and went line by line. And then you piece it together. Did you have it. the instrumental first? Yeah, so I was actually going through a couple different instrumentals to figure out how that would fit perfectly with the escape idea already in mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you fit it, fit you had the escape idea, and then you fit that with the right instrumental, right? And built from there. You okay. kind of like connect the emotion to the lyrics, and then just try and figure out, 
you know, should this be a dancier sound? Yeah. Should, like, that's kind of what you do. Slower paced. Mm-hmm. Try and match it up. But that's cool. Every, every time's different, though. Yeah, like, for it, sure. It, re- it really is. For me, anyway. Yeah. So, like, do you ever have, like, like if you're making a song, do you ever have like the picture of the whole song? You're like, okay, this is how I want the whole song to go. And then you start from the ground up with that idea. Like for me, when I make music, it's more so I just kind of start and then see where it goes. Rather, like some people I know have like, they'll picture the whole song and then make it. How's that for you? For songwriting, it's usually like piece by piece, line by line. Like I will have, like I said, maybe a word or something that I want to build it off yeah. of. So it's more just kind of a little bit at a time and you just see where it goes. Yes. Yeah. But one thing I found with me, um, and even when I listen to music, like another artist's music, yeah, you talk about like that big picture, like visualization in your head. I have this thing of even when I'm writing songs, I am constantly thinking of how it's going to look and be performed live right. too. Okay. Because cool. I think that's a big thing that for the Ronnie on Saturn brand, that's a big thing for us live is performance. live performance, yeah. making it theatrical, making it fun, high energy, cool lights. So a lot of times when I am kind of piecing those lyrics together, you know, figuring out if I want it to be dancey and stuff like that, um, I kind of try and figure out how we can do that live and make it fun. And it just kind of all gels together. For sure. Absolutely. That way. But that's cool. So, like, with your producer, do you ever have, like, an idea for something and you're like, this is what I have pictured, make that for me, and then he just makes exactly what you yeah. have? Because, like, I think, I see that sometimes where, like, you know, in videos where, like, an artist is like, hey, this is what I want, like, and then the producer's just like, boom, boom, it's, like, right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, especially when it comes to, like, a certain, like, subgenre, like, mashing pop with, like, reggae and having a saxophone in it like i'll come up with ideas like that and be like yo pat we got to like throw all that stuff together and he he finds that fun like being able to piece those ideas together he is very very good at being able to take kind of my creative ideas what i'm you know seeing in my head and being able to that's awesome yeah put them to music which is really really good and really beneficial and i I think that's that's one thing that's really cool like it's the chemistry that we have yeah for sure with the making of the music yeah it's just like um like a marriage or relationship you gotta have the right it's like he has some qualities and you got some together you make the whole package oh for sure and and a lot of like my weaknesses are his strengths yeah. and vice versa that's you know so yeah. that's really nice you know kind of the way we're able to feed off of each other with mm-hmm. you know just being able to hear certain things you know when we're mastering a song like mm-hmm. this this needs to be turned up a little bit the bass is too heavy here being able to kind of bounce our ideas back and forth and not get frustrated with each other that's one thing i see yeah. with bands a lot you know sometimes sure. that does happen just understand it's, it's if you can just put your ego aside and just critique each other just because you want the best for the song, not because you're trying to have what you, your opinion, right? Or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's very important. And, uh, and understanding like my biggest thing I try and tell people when it comes to the making of the music is just be patient. Yeah. Like exactly. the song doesn't need to be done at any yeah. specific point. Like exactly, take your yeah. time until, you know, everybody's happy with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a book I read recently by Rick Rubin. Did you read it? Um, Forget the name of it exactly. It's a really good book about um, creativity and 
So whatever you just said reminded me of that. So, yeah. Hmm. I don't know if you read it I've all. I've heard but, of Rick Rubin, yeah, but I, I've if you never read it read all. I'd definitely recommend that. It's it just came out recently, but it was a good read. But nice. Yeah, I don't know. So you're a big reader. I it it's off and on. Sometimes I'll go through a phase where I read a lot and then I'll take a break for a while. I like to read, but it's just like yeah, it's off and on. <laughs> I'm an audiobook guy. Yeah. yeah, I got into I got into that a little bit because it it's a lot handier. But I listen to so many podcasts whenever I yeah. listen to um something. It's I don't have time for a book. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I've a big podcast a person too. Yeah. What are some of your like top favorite podcasts you listen to? What top? Um. I like Joe Rogan a lot. Yeah, I, I I do like Joe. Um, one of my favorite podcasts he actually ever did was Steve Aoki. I know. If you know who that is, I love Steve Aoki. That that was a couple years back. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I probably watched that one. That one really inspired me to to really start. Did like, you ever watch his uh, documentary on Netflix? No, I actually haven't. It's on my watch list. I watched that. Uh, I don't know many years ago before I even thought i could be a dj and i was like man that i was inspired then to be a dj from watching that Dude, he is phenomenal live yeah. too like yeah, with how he does the caking people yeah. like just and his whole personality and everything it's just yeah i love such it. a nice he's, guy. he's a, a cool nice guy. guy yeah yeah i think he's gonna be local and like this fall no way. so yeah we, we have a group going down and i think it's a power plant lot oh yeah down in baltimore spot. yeah i have to make that down. yeah that's cool so he inspired he inspired you to start your music. Yeah, yeah, especially the the EDM side of it because I was never really big into that. But he has a lot of the like the poppy yeah, yeah. type of EDM sound, like that house ish type of vibe. That yeah, like. for sure, that's cool. Yeah, he's got he's got a cool sound, and he has some good. Um, I like hip hop a lot. He has some good um, uh, collaborations with hip hop artists. Yeah, visuals too live phenomenal for have you seen him live no i've seen like i've watched his live sets on youtube and stuff phenomenal never seen him either what's been um your favorite uh band or dj live performance you've seen Ooh, um imagine dragons yeah Yeah, they were they were really cool i got to see them in hershey uh i think about a year or two ago Mm -hmm. really good live wow yeah he did like a two-hour set and if you know Imagine Dragons, he he has a very very powerful voice. Yeah, and the yeah, fact that he was able voice. to just go that hard for a, two hours and not have his voice full get weak. band right. Full yeah, band, so the singer. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, he he was phenomenal. Uh, Macklemore was another good one. He actually opened for them. He was a lot of fun, high energy. I bet. Yeah. 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 Um, was there like when you were younger? Was there a concert you remember that? You saw where you're like, man, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah, actually, a local band, um, Here's for Ransom. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was at a Chameleon Club when no, that was I, still I, open. I remember yep. that spot. Yeah, yeah, that was actually my first ever concert, and uh, I was on, I was under 21, so you had to go on the second floor for that. Uh-huh. And he was throwing out, throwing out T-shirts, and I just so happened to like barely reach over the railing and grab one, and I was like, this is fun. Uh-huh. Like, I love this. Yeah. I still have that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always fun to, um, I mean, I don't know, it seems everyone has that, at some, mu- that connection to music in some way, especially if mm-hmm. you end up doing it yourself. But Yeah, I, I think too, like, going to that live show was really cool, but there's a, a Michael Jackson concert, and anybody who's in music, I highly recommend it. It was the Live in Bucharest, which I believe is in Germany, not 100% sure, but... Um, 
it's like still like the most viewed HBO concert, like live performance ever or something like that. But that was phenomenal. I like, never really saw Michael live. He was a good uh, dancer performer, right? In my opinion, the, the greatest yeah, performer. Yeah. You know, uh, he was just one of those guys who who really took theater into music. Yeah, I got to check that out. That concert you mentioned, I love watching yeah. live performances from great artists. You can learn so much, and just no matter what kind of music they do, there's something they all have in common, and just the way they, not the, the way they crowd, the way they have the crowd's attention. I don't know. It's just, not to spoil it too much. I mean, I'm. They had stretchers in the front <laughs> and endless, like endless stretchers and ambulances outside. And the entire concert is just people passed out, like, like a Travis Scott yeah, show. <laughs> yeah, like just getting like carried to the front and like put on stretchers. I would say it, like, while you're watching, you can probably count about a hundred yeah, people. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude leaves in a jetpack at the end, like flies over the crowd in a jetpack. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's cool. Michael does. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. at the very end. It's so wild. Like, seeing stuff like that is just, like, crazy. And he does, like, a lot of magic yeah. in his in his sets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, watching the best, dude, it's fun. Mm -hmm. So inspirational. Um, growing up, what music did you listen to? Like, what when you were a teenager or high school, what was, like, your thing you were into? Yeah, pop, pop heavy. When I was growing up, I actually really wasn't into music, actually funny enough we're talking about it the day michael jackson died is actually like the day i got into music uh, i didn't even really know the guy that much like i knew of him um and i was always a big fan of zombies and stuff like that so the day he died i was in school came home got a shower was getting ready to go to bed at the end of the night and my stepmom was like hey check this out on tv i think you're really gonna like this and i was like what is it i walk around the corner and i still remember this moment i saw thriller on the tv mm -hmm. and i was like that's it. Wow. That's it right there. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I want to do that. I love that song. Um, but before that, I grew up on country. No way. <laughs> yep, yep. Country. Tim McGraw was my favorite artist. Um, liked ACDC. Was that what your parents were into? Yeah. yeah. So that's what you were around? Yep. So a lot of country, a lot of classic rock, you know, and I still listen to that stuff as well. So. Yeah. I like, I'm into country as well. My brother is a country musician. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It's fun to hear. An electronic artist comes from country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty It's pretty wild, too. Like, just, I, I remember a couple years ago just really only knowing, like, pop, country, and classic rock. Yeah. And the more I took music seriously, just in the matter of a few years, just how many different genres that yeah. I came to like. Yeah. Like, reggae has been something that I, like, fell in love with. I love going to reggae festivals and stuff. So yeah. funk music as well. It's kind of one of those things like when you open your, you know, ears up to, to more yeah. music, you know, you, yeah. you just might stumble across, sure. you know, a certain genre that you didn't think you'd like. And especially if you get into making it, then you appreciate all different types more. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's a Ronnie on Saturn show like? Is it what's what's the stage setup like how many people are up there what's what's it what, what do you got going on so right now it's it's me and pat now we are working with getting dancers um we want to get like instrumentalists up yeah. there too yeah. um like, kind of just starting small but we really focus on visuals creating a party vibe yeah a lot of our shows that we hold we actually 
decorate. Okay. So we are, I haven't really talked about this yet, so you guys are probably going to be the first ones to hear about it, but we have a show at Phantom Power on October 20th, and it's yeah. going to be a Halloween party. Nice. So we're decorating the all of Phantom Power. They're letting us do that. Um, and we're going to have, you know, dancers and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, choreography, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So very, very theatrical-esque. Uh, we even do visuals in the background that are cinematic um, that make it look like we're on the moons of Saturn and stuff like that. Sometimes there's even dialogue with it. So it's kind of like you're getting cinematic theater and a live performance all in one. It's very, very unique. Very yeah, unique. that's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Um, when you first started out uh, doing the thing and booking shows, how did you get into getting shows, getting your name to venues and all that? Uh, well, so I didn't fully start this whole process of like trying to get live shows until, you know, Pat and I started working together. Right. Now, Pat was very heavy in the local metal scene for about yeah. 10 years. He's very good at it. So our first show we did um, over at the church in Lebanon. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. I've been there. It's since technically closed. I think they got a new owner and stuff like that. So they might do like live shows. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. um, that was our first show. And it was very much like a party atmosphere. It was the same day as uh, Breathing This Love came out, our first single. So that was, I think, February 10th. That song came out that night. We had our first show and we had 135 people there. Nice. That's which was awesome. pretty wild for a song being out for what? 12 that's amazing hours. yeah that, that's that's <laughs> was pretty, pretty cool, cool. in yeah. the in the church there yeah yeah that's, it's, that's it's not good... an actual church but yeah, right, it's, right. yeah that's it's a good venue. crowd for that venue though because that's a small venue that probably filled it up pretty good it, it filled it up so much fog it was yeah. just the perfect perfect that's amazing vibe. good people way had... to get started out yeah people had fun it was yeah. a good time that's amazing what's been your favorite show you've done so far definitely the last phantom power show yeah. that that was a lot of fun i haven't been there yet i've heard about that venue but I've not been. Is it is it a newer one or is it one that's been around for a while? I think about three, four years ago it opened. Okay. Um, yeah, since COVID, right? E before that, I right think before. it opened. Yeah, I, I think, think in right 2020, yeah, I kind of around there. But it's right next to Millersville College. Yeah, um, it's it's very similar to the Chameleon Club. Gotcha. Like, yeah, it has that second floor balcony thing that like wraps the whole way up to the stage. Um, gives me a bit of a nicer vibe than chameleon club in terms of like aesthetic and just yeah um the spacing of everything like it feels it it is a little like tighter but i've i have found that that just makes it 10 times more fun mm -hmm. like when you have those tighter yeah if you have the tighter crowd spaces if the if you have the room filled uh it's just yeah more opportunity for crowd surfing. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> if everybody's tightened tight together, yeah. less likelihood I'm going to fall on my face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Chameleon Club, what happened in that place, do you know? I'm not really too sure. I I don't know if it was a funding thing or what yeah. it was, but But I was like yeah. I was hoping like it probably got sold or something. You'd think the new owners might build it back up but who knows something like that yeah. sometimes it sits there forever and i know forever. and it's a shame too like that place was iconic for yeah. here like there's some big artists that that yeah. came through chameleon club and just lancaster in general needs more clubs they do it's got Telus, and that's about it that's there's about it nothing much going on and i'll tell you phantom power in terms of like live shows i love Telus. Mm. 
and I love that back area where they do the shows. Mm. But like to have that Chameleon Club vibe, Phantom Power like definitely does have that. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like both of those venues are like the only venues in Lancaster. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the only venue of that size where it's like an actual club. Yeah. Where they had a DJ every weekend. Yeah. The thing is a musician though that I look at like in just I guess the strategic sense, it in a way it's kind of nice for us because when you only have two venues in an entire city and you're throwing a show on the weekend, yeah. <laughs> it's more likely that people are going to come All out right. and see you, which is cool, you know, because you do get a lot of people who are like, dude, I just want to see a live show tonight. Yeah. Like, let's go, you know, to Phantom Power or to TELUS and yeah. see what's going on. But but then there's less opportunity for shows. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it tightens it up. Because um, even over, over in York, like York County, there's not really yeah. many live venues. No, there's like Fat Daddies. But they do they even do bands anymore? They did at one time. My buddy Garrett, country singer, used to have shows there. I don't know if they still do. I haven't been there in a while. But. I'm not too sure. I've I've looked up pictures of that place, and I just don't think like our crowd gets like wild. Like it is a party type of atmosphere. Um, do they actually have like the stage with like a dance floor in front? Yeah. Like, is it a big dance floor in the front? Fairly big. Fairly big. Like, okay. um, I guess it's not that big. It's more like. Maybe a hundred people. Okay. So okay. yeah, and then upstairs is like the, but that's just for the dance floor and the DJ. They don't have a stage up there. Okay. Yeah. So the pictures you are seeing were probably upstairs. Probably upstairs, yeah, because I didn't see any stage. Yeah. But yeah, like that—that's one thing for like our shows. We get <laughs> it's party. Like that's that's, cool. that's what it is. So we get a little wild. So we have to pick our. We're kind of even condensed even farther of like what venues we can do because. Yeah. We can't just simply go to a bar. We can. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll make that place rock out. But it's going to be like, it's gotta be more the venue's going to be like watching us like, yo, these guys yeah. are about to get wild, you know? Yeah. Too many tables right there. We got to move those. So, But it's it's fun. You know, it's fun. We're still early in what we're doing. But to see the live shows kind of just keep getting better, yeah. each every awesome. single one, It's it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love it. You'll probably learn something new from each one, apply it to the next one. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. on and so forth. Um, how did you grow like your audience so quick? Like you've um, got a decent size audience for how for the amount of time you've been doing it. Right, right. Um, dude, I I think really what it is is just being nice to people. Like yeah. that's that's one thing I always tried to do. Like just always be accepting mm -hmm. and just is it like, make friends and like from doing live shows and. Karaoke was karaoke. a big way. Uh, so yeah, just, that just was a big people, way. People you met all through your life doing singing, I guess, would probably have been kind of following. Yeah, that. yeah. And getting out and doing things. Like, I acted over a field of screens for years, yeah. so I know a lot of people over there. Um, did sports and, yeah. you know, I, I try and stay in touch with, you know, every single person I meet throughout my life. It's a little chaotic to try and do that. But, yeah. you know, I, uh, I try to be there for everybody in any way I can. Um as much as I can. Yeah. But I think that's a, if you're going to get into anything like arts related where, you know, you kind of really need to market yourself and, you know, you need to have other people's support. It's kind of one of those things where you have to give what you want back. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to ask people to come to a show or I'm going to ask people to check out a song, you know, I got to ask kind of what's going on in their life, right. you know, and just check in on them, make sure they're doing all right. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah.
Yeah. It's time consuming, but yeah. you know, it makes you feel good too. Yeah. You know. And now like uh, all the all those years it was worth it now cuz you you're starting out now you have all that support. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's a great I don't even like to say fan base. I I I hate saying that. It it's more like a family like everybody who has come out to the shows and and stuff like that they'll you know shoot me a message once in a while check up on me it 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 just feels more like a family um which is 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 really cool to be a part of and you know coming people coming out to our shows you know we get those comments of like dude i met so many cool people and made so many friends and to me that that's what I find yeah. very valuable, especially about the live shows is For just sure. bringing people together. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I was just thinking about this recently, like, um, like what, what do I want my fan base to be? Did you ever think about that? Like what, who specifically do you want your fan base to be? Like what type of people or, or do you just make your music and let them come? You know, it, it's, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about that this weekend. It's like, it's, especially with like targeting ads, like yeah. ad targeting. It's like, what do I target? Yeah. Because our genre is very pop centric. So pretty much everybody and any age, gender, like all that stuff will listen to it. So it's kind of hard to figure it out. I would just say anybody who wants to smile and have a good time. Exactly, party. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. if you want to do that kind of stuff, you know. It's, Come out to our shows, you know, have fun with us. It's hard to narrow it down. It really the only way is just to make music you like and then let the people who also like it find you, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. It would be a little easier, too, if I feel like we were, like, a specific, like, genre. Yeah. Like a pop with a, a... little more unique. Like, pop house. But yeah. we incorporate so many different genres in what we do, and that's going to continue to happen. That It's like, we're probably going to, you know release you know a pop country type of song at some point so you know that's going to be a good song for country fans to listen to so it's never really too much just targeting you know one fan group i guess you could say of a genre Mm -hmm. but more so just kind of having those good vibes and just being a welcoming artist and uh, making sure the fan base does does the same so that's like your whole theme is like partying, having fun, bringing smiles, good vibes. To good vibes. People hugging each other, having a good time, dancing around. You know, we have we have the people who don't really like to dance. They kind of just chill out and, mm-hmm. you know, watch and watch the visuals, the crazy lights and the theatrics of it. And we have our dancers. We we, we have it all, which is really cool. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun. Um Back to podcasts. We were talking about what podcasts you like. We got sidetracked. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Joe Rogan. I was curious about some others because I'm a big podcast listener too. So I'm just curious when other people say they are, if we have any in common. Yeah, I like Theories of the Third Kind too. I don't know if you ever listen to that. It's kind of like conspiracy type of stuff. Like they talk about aliens and like Bigfoot. Not to say I believe in every single one of them. I just find it so fascinating yeah. to see people like I, d- deep dive into that stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I it's agree. Really cool. It's it's always interesting to hear the theory because even if it's wild, there's always a little bit of truth to it. It's just interesting, like you said, to and see someone that <laughs> see someone that passionate about something. <laughs> and it gets you into a rabbit hole sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll listen 
to one of those podcasts and then like even Joe Rogan sometimes yeah. he has those guests that they, that are big with that and they then, have convincing points and you're like oh and then you're like sitting there googling yeah, things yeah, trying yeah. to like look into it further yeah yeah, yeah. 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 what about you so you said Joe Rogan Joe Ber- I listen I'd like for him it's like I'll scroll through every now and then and then if it's like a specific guest I want to see because I like him but he just does so many I can't keep up with all of them so it's more just like there's a guest I want to see. I'll listen to him, and then mostly, honestly, comedians like Theo Vaughn, oh, Brett Kreischer. Um, what is uh, Bobby Lee and Bobby, Andrew yeah, Schultz? That bad friends. Yeah, that bad friends. Funny. That one's I great. See that one sometimes. Yeah, they're um, great. Um, uh, Kill Tony. That's a live comedian podcast. That's the only one I really listen to every week consistently. And then other than that, it's like comedians. Um, I'm trying to think. Not really sports. I used to be into sports more so, but now it's more music and comedy and stuff. So yeah, any music. It's hard to find. T-Pain has a music podcast that's pretty good. And then Drink Champs. Have you ever heard of Drink Champs? Mm. That's a pretty good podcast. They have musical guests on there all the time. So I am I have know a lot of comedy podcasts, but I'm trying to find more musical podcasts because I love he, I love having hearing interviews from like rappers or musicians I look up to because it's more rare to hear them talk about their personal life than a comedian because that's all they talk about anyway. Yeah, yeah. And and it's good to listen to that kind of stuff too because it helps you with what you're doing. Yeah. And And it's just like, it's just cool to relate to like see what their real life is like because that's what I want to do, you know? Yeah. It's just interesting. But yeah, Drink Champs is a good one if you want a a musical podcast. So check that out. They have hip hop artists on and whatnot. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll check that out. Um, what does your, like, your music that you listen to now look like? Do you listen to all kinds of different stuff? Do you have a specific thing you listen to mostly? Pro- it's probably, like, I go in waves of, like, genres. Yeah. So, like, right now, like, I was just at Reggae Rise last weekend in Is that Maryland. that a festival? Yeah, that's a reggae festival. And um, right now I'm listening to a lot of reggae. Yeah. But so it, it like, kind of goes genre based in waves for like a week or two and smoking then... weed um playing the reggae yeah yeah <laughs> that's pretty much what it was down there yeah. yeah yeah very very chill very not like i mean some of those artists are like you think of reggae as very chill relaxed like bob marley yeah. but modern reggae is very pop edm reggae gotcha. it's very dance like, heavy okay like dirty heads if you ever heard of them um they have that song um like uh, what is it hey hey i'm on vacation yeah yeah, Every, that yeah. So, so that's a big pop song um that's it the reggae band yeah it, okay. like that song in particular is more pop yeah, yeah. but it has the reggae influence and cool. they're mainly a reggae artist so yeah. you get a lot of those artists down there which are what I like. I like the modern. For sure. More modern reggae. Dance. So you said you like to dance, right? Did you grow up doing that or it's just something you do just for fun? You can ask my dad how uh, pulling weeds was, like <laughs> him trying to get me to pull weeds. I would get, I have ADHD, so I'd get like so sidetracked and be listening to music out there like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I never like, I, I was very stage shy when I was a kid. Yeah, so same. never really did much you know, theater or singing in front of people. I was kind of in the shower when I was yeah. by myself outside, you know, I was riding my bike, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where, where I practiced everything, you know, yeah. away from other people. 
but yeah i did i did do a lot of dancing like i had the just dance games on the wii i had the michael jackson experience game on the wii yep i did a lot of that but kind of all self-taught for the most part i did some singing lessons and stuff but i really do want to take dancing lessons and like do you do choreography on your shows or do you just uh move however you feel like right now we're kind of moving however we feel like and i'm very high energy so like i do bop around a lot but i do want to incorporate especially with like at least like half of the set kind of have it where we have dancers and choreography or um some choreography to it um over time though i would love to you know have our entire sets very cinematic with visuals Mm -hmm. um have dancers you know have you know, guitar solo come out, like somebody playing guitar and like lasers are shooting from the guitar, like yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like that's what I, I visualize. What yeah, yeah. So over time, over time, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering about the choreograph thing because um, I'm the same way. I'm just self-taught. I never took classes or anything. So for me, it's it's a little harder to learn a choreographed dance. It takes me a little... I can learn it, but it takes me a bit because I... Never did that growing up. Never learned dances, really. Yeah, the step-by-step yeah. aspect of it. It is definitely much more difficult. Yeah, but yeah, if, you do it, noticed. if you do it a couple of times, I'm sure you get used to it and adapt to it pretty quickly. You get the hang of it. And I think for me, too, is like for my music, there is... Um, I do a Steve Aoki cover at our shows mm-hmm. um, for Are You Lonely? And that is the one song where I do have... I would say about half of that song is choreographed. Mm-hmm. And I came up with that. Yeah. If I come up with something on the spot. That makes a difference. Too. And like, even if I just record it one time and rewatch it back, it's like doing the motions helps me like remember it. So if I come up with it, I'm good because I'm doing the motions. Yeah. If I have to mirror somebody and watch it, it's going to take me right. like an hour. Exactly. Too. Yeah, it comes, <laughs> comes from your head. You already know. Yeah. Like you just kind of feel the music and you create it. So it's kind of like. I don't know. Just yeah. doing the motions of it and letting it come out, it's easier to retain. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have like a uh, five-year plan, five-year goal? Do you Are you like a big picture goal type of guy or do you just kind of take it one day at a time? What's your approach? Um, we have some goals coming up in the next few years. Um, obviously, full-length album, that's yeah. a big one. I'm one of those people where... I, especially with music, I don't really focus too much on what do I need to be successful next. It's more so what can I do with what I have? Like, what do I have right now and how can I maximize that to make Mm -hmm. the best show possible, the best music possible? So ultimately, like if you would say five year, 10 year or like peak of where we would want to be music, my thing is, Get a record label, have a lawyer look through it, obviously, an attorney, make sure I'm not getting screwed over fully, but give me the money to make my live sets wild. The way you have it pictured, just go crazy. That's what I need. So your ultimate dream would be to have a crazy live show on a big stage? Yeah. 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 Like you give me Bruno Mars's budget for whatever the Super Bowl was, the halftime show. Yeah. I'm going to make it 10 times better. I love that. I love that that Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's how I 
just view live yeah. shows is just trying to do things that have never been done before. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, live shows are still the best part of music, so you got to keep that alive. And... Seeing people's faces. Yeah. Ah, it's yeah. great. And just like the overall energy of a whole crowd of people coming together for one purpose. like Yeah. Sit, like a whole stadium, people singing one song, the same words to one song. It's the power in that is insane. It's wild. Like at Phantom Power, that was pretty surreal to kind of hear everybody yeah. singing, especially Britain. If, it's something, love. if oh. it's something you wrote, hearing people sing that back to you, I, can, I can't imagine. <laughs> it's so cool. It, it is really surreal. Um, there was numerous times, you know, at the first show I did, um, the Phantom Power show where like I went backstage for an outfit change because I like to do outfit changes like on my set and stuff nice. like that. Um, where you just like hear the people yelling and you almost, like it hits you. It's like, yeah, wow, like we're still in the beginning of stages, you know, we're still a baby yeah. in this whole, you know, vision little, of what we're doing. A but taste of what it can be like. Oh yeah. And you just kind of think about that stuff. And we got some really good behind the scenes footage of like those moments that we're going to release soon from the Phantom Power show. But you can see me back there and I'm kind of like, this is surreal. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of fun though. Like if anybody l wants to do music, you know, I, I tell them, do it, just do it. Yeah, right. absolutely. Just if you, if you think you're like for me, I always thought you had like you were either born good at music or you were born not like you can do music or you can't. I didn't realize you can learn it just like anything else. But if you like music and you want to do it, all you got to do is pick something and learn it. Just do it, do it every day, and you'll get better at it. A hundred percent, and that that's the hardest part for a lot of people is just taking that first step. Yeah. But like, because you like for me, like I'll. When I first wanted to do it, first time I wanted to make a hip hop beat when I was a little kid, I pulled out my computer, didn't even know where to start, so I just like put it to the side for a couple of years. I've done that numerous times. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like <laughs> that first step is frustrating, but you just got to take that first step and then a chip at chip at it a little bit at a time and just think exactly. of it in the long run. Think about where you're going to be if you do do it for 15 minutes a day for a year. Think about where you're going to be then. Yeah. Instead of. So yeah, that's just um, and it's less, like just lessons you learn through life because you see you see where you could have been like with the guitar, you see where I could have been if I would. So now, right now I learned from that, and now now I did start something, and now I'm seeing the improvement in what I'm doing. So okay. exactly, it's it's not dwelling on like what you didn't do. It's yeah. just kind of just learning from that, and saying, yeah, hey, exactly. like now I know how it works, and now I have the option to move forward better or 100%. do the same thing again yeah 100 percent. that's that's hard for a lot of people to do like yeah. I, I think the biggest thing too like people are just so caught up in the past and fearful yeah. of like man I, I missed out on this and that and the other thing but like the number one thing people say on their deathbed their biggest like the biggest thing people talk about is regret mm -hmm. so if there's something you want to do do it yeah. yeah, you could have did it three years ago. You could have did it 10 years ago. You could have did it 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But you have an opportunity to do it now. And not everybody has that opportunity. So Yeah, it's never too late. Never, never, no. People have gone till they're 50, 60, whatever, and then finally figured Popped it out. Popped off, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and with social media and stuff like that, especially in the music scene, um, like with social media being what it is and how – 
you know, just one video can kind of blow you up yeah. and get you so much exposure. Yeah. It's one of those things where like age isn't going to matter. Right. Like it's just not going to matter anymore. It's not like the record labels are like, well, you're 28, you know, it's a little too late. No, it's the, the record labels have no say right now. It's like, the best time to be alive for a creative because if you have a creative talent, you can, if you want to, you can get it out to the world. Yeah. You have the best, yeah, it's the best time. And just learn the techniques, you know, that's the yeah. big thing, you know, study the social media algorithms, the marketing aspect, you know, try and do all that. Have you been um, doing a lot of that, like using TikTok and social media to try to build your... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, especially it's a lot with, of work. Yeah, with yeah. just being a duo, like we don't have a like yeah. five person band yeah. where like each person can take care of one thing. So, yeah. and with what we do creatively with our live shows and trying to program lighting and you know so, some of the things like we're working on a theater show for next year um which is like very theatrical and stuff with dialogue yeah. so like a lot of that stuff we're trying to do to make our stuff you know something people have never seen before mm -hmm. but that is time consuming so you don't you kind of have to sacrifice some of the social media posting and stuff so for me it's kind of just learning how to go about and balancing it because you obviously have to yeah, do it pick what's important right yeah, yeah so i kind of wake up and it's like one of those things what do, what do i want to do today for music like as long as i'm doing something for it that i think that's the big yeah. thing as long as you're taking a step towards the right direction right you're not going backwards <laughs> and trying to prioritize the things you got to yeah. get done that that's important too like some people they get caught up on like the littlest thing of such a small project when you know they haven't figured out their budget for music yet and it's mm -hmm. like well you got to figure out the budget so you know when you release that song like how much you can like divvy out for ad revenue like right. are you going to be able to buy you know the lighting for your live shows are you going to go to venues that don't have lighting and stuff like that it's kind of it's just a lot of business stuff that you really got to like take into consideration um totally. prioritize you know what's the most important with where you're at in the career, so. You probably had to get your own lighting package since you do so much. Do stuff you, like that, yeah. Yeah, because uh, most venues wouldn't have all the fun no. stuff you want. Yeah. No, no, like our first show, we had to do that, and it's funny, like our first show, uh, thankfully we have a very good team, like the Ronnie on Saturn team is about 15 people, and um, we have a few of those guys who help with doing the lighting and stuff for the live shows. Yeah. Our first show we didn't have anything programmed so we had these like cheap amazon lights and like fog machines with like individual controllers <laughs> and we had like our set list on a sheet with descriptions of when to change that to what <laughs> color and what setting and they're like running around in the front like duck down changing all the settings but you know w without them you know it wouldn't have been the show it was yeah but that took a lot of preparation and stuff, but you know, that's the stuff you got to do though. Yeah. You got to sac like, you that's really got to sacrifice do. your time to, to be different and be, to, exactly. to make it happen. Yeah. Um, what do you use now? You probably have some controller, computer controller. No. So we're getting a DMX controller gotcha. before our next show. Like that is the thing we're doing. Yeah. Do you know what you're getting? Which one? Not really. No. A lot of research. Yeah. Uh, do you know? Like, no, I don't one? know which one to get. I just know which one not to get. I had one, one we had in the basement. It was a pretty cheap one, but it was, it worked okay. It just wasn't, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. It was just like iPad control, but it was always giving us trouble. It wouldn't mm. work. I forget what it was called, but 
I can check it out and send it to you. Just make sure you don't get. Yeah, that make one. sure I don't get it. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a good experience with it, but other. I other than that, I never really looked into it, so I don't know which ones are good. But yeah, we have FL. We use FL Studios for like putting together our music and our live sets and stuff, and they actually have like. I guess like a DMX type of system gotcha. with FL, which is nice to where you can actually sync everything, um, like pre-program the lights basically to the track, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And yeah, that yeah. way you don't got to sit there and toy around with it at the live show, like yeah. pack and focus on. So whatever song you're playing. DJing and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that that's the goal, um, just because of the scale that we want to do. And obviously we use a lot of the house lights too and we try and tell, you know, the venue beforehand, um, like, hey, this is our set list. Um, sometimes we'll even send like the audio files so their lighting guy can listen to it and kind of hear what we're doing. Sometimes yeah. we'll even send, you know, a doc over that says, hey, for this song, these are the light, com- the color combos we're using. Yeah. Um, we're using a lot of strobes in this and all that kind of stuff. So that's something going forward we want to do with the venues is, you know, try and get their lighting guy can't really ask them to do that but if you send that over and just say hey if you have time and you're you want to make this thing pop the fuck off (laughs) like check it out because um our lights are going to be solid so if your lights can kind of match that that would be cool yeah so you have someone running your sound and your lights um on your team or do you just keep the sound on the i guess the house house sound yeah, yeah, and Pat kind of runs both visuals and the sound while he's up there. So he's kind of like a DJ in the background. Yeah. So if you have the system set up with your um, FL Studios, he could run it off. Run it off of there. His own yeah. thing. Okay, cool. So you don't really need more than like two people to no. do a whole show. That's no, awesome. yeah. yeah, that's nice too. It keeps it simple for now. Yeah, don't need to bother too many people to make yeah. it happen. Yeah. No, and that's the great thing too. Like even some of the visuals and stuff. Like that's what Pat makes. Like he's very good at doing that. He uses Blender and stuff like that to make really cool 3D worlds and stuff. And we incorporate that with our live shows. Um, we're looking at getting a projector too um, with a screen. That way we can always have like our cinematic aspect of our shows. Oh yeah. But yeah, we're gonna do that. All that kind of stuff. And it, yeah, just having having it in house is such a benefit yeah. because you don't have to reach out and you know use the money for that stuff you can just get better equipment yeah. or you know throw throw more ad revenue out and stuff like that do you have a sound system too no usually we just use the venues like pat does have his own sound system and stuff yeah. but yeah most venues you're playing or all of them have their own sound system if yeah. you play if we if we need to like we did a private party for um w WERP uh, radio, their Columbia radio station. Um, we just did that for them, I think, two weeks ago, last week, something like that. But we brought our, you know, speakers as well. I don't think we ended up using them, but another artist there who had his own speakers plugged them in, and we ended up running off of yeah. that one. But yeah. we have them if we need them. Cool. Yeah, that's something I don't have at the moment. We had. Ben had all the stuff in the basement. He took that to Nashville with him. So mm-hmm. I don't have, I just have like some older Radio Shack speakers, but I don't have a full setup right now. But um, I haven't needed it. But I want to, I want to do more stuff where I would need it. So I might yeah. have to get some. But I think you can rent it to like a, uh, a, uh, 
Guitar Center, I think they'll do speaker rentals. So Yeah, yeah, for when you need it and stuff, yeah. So another thing, how did you come up with the name, the idea for the... Ronnie on Saturn, yeah. 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 Is it like, it's probably like a whole theme and everything, like... Yeah, yeah. It's a brand, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, it kind of came together in a very stressful way, but it worked out perfectly. So I originally, my my middle name is Lee, so I kind of wanted to be Ronnie Lee, and I was like, it kind of sounds tacky, though. And uh, somebody actually already had that name, mm. like on Spotify and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not getting into that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up like just trying to think of like a unique, fun little last name of like things that I like. Yeah. Like I love lightning for some weird reason. I just love lightning. So mm-hmm. I was like, Ronnie Lightning. No, that sounds like a wrestler or yeah. something. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, and I'm a big space guy. I And Saturn's my favorite planet. So... It ended up just coming to that, um, but with our live shows, like my vision before I ever picked the name was lots of bright colors. A lot of my outfits are going to be very bright colors. Um, like I'm a big black light enthusiast. I yeah, love that. You know, I love that too. Uh, fluorescent and all that kind of stuff. I love that. So I want to incorporate a lot of that kind of stuff, futuristic vibe. So once I kind of thought of the Ronnie Saturn type of thing, it was like, oh, we can make a really good brand out of this, like with the color scheming and just the futuristic, the spacey vibe. And uh, yeah, Ronnie on Saturn kind of came about that way. It was going to be Ronnie Saturn. And I was like, no, I think this is weird. Yeah. (laughs) Ronnie on Saturn kind of sounds better. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it came together. Nice. Um, Speaking of space, what how do, how do you feel about the moon landing? Was it real or fake? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, you know that's one I haven't dived into too deep. Yeah, it's one of the most common ones. Yeah, I feel like it was real. Like yeah. I feel like it was real, but at the same time, some of that stuff just did not add up. There's a lot of things. That's one of the ones where there's a lot of like. I never really did research into it either, but I just see like, I don't know, TikToks or whatever, where they have the evidence of like fake things. So I, I don't know either. I never did the research, but it's, it's just, just like the astronauts, like, it's, yeah, like they it's held like, it together this long, like without, I know that, like, that too, like yeah, how, it was how could the secret, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I mean, it, it's just kind of wild how quickly the United States, like it was within like two years, I think. They were like, they found out, I guess, Russia, the Soviet Union was trying to go to uh, space or like to the moon mm, or whatever. Yeah. And out of nowhere, we're like, we're going to beat you to it. And we just had hurry. to be the first. Yeah. Just did it that fast. And but then like, wow. no one's been back like since, right? I think they went back one or two. But why did they wait so long? Yeah, it's been a while. There's like a long gap between. It's been a long time. And. I know, like, that's one thing NASA, I think, is trying to do in the next two years is to send people back up there, I don't know, to build a base or something. Yeah. And obviously, you got Elon going to Mars, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Would, would you take the trip to Mars with Elon? <sighs> if you're, like, um, I don't know, if you're, like, 40 and you got plenty of money. If I was, I'll tell you what, if we can just do... A drive by Saturn, <laughs> yeah. So I could check that out. Then I'll go with. Let, yeah. let me let me swing by the home planet. <laughs> At the end of your life, we were like, 
Let me see Saturn one time and then yeah, right. go to Mars for, for a little bit. <laughs> Dude, that, it would be cool. Like, I want to do one of those, like, yeah. space journey things. Like, I think Virgin Galactic just started that this past week. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Like, right after the submarine thing, like, you have these, like, really rich yeah. people now just flying into space a I week know, after. And I'm like, that. whoa. <laughs> but, like, I would love to do that. But. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. like, it's, like, it would be a whole adventure but it'd be like a whole another life on its own you basically have to quit your life here and just start something new so it's like it would be a f- crazy event like if you're doing the mars thing i'm saying like mm-hmm. going to mars it would be a crazy adventure to be one of the first to do it if you make it but then you basically basically if you have a good life going on here you don't want to leave what you have going because you you just got to leave all that behind and start something completely new Right. Yeah. And I had um, back when I was doing a lot of acting and modeling in New York and L.A., I had met somebody with my agency that was going to go to the Mars thing. And this was like five years ago. Like they were one of the I think it was like 20 people or 21. I don't know if they're still on that list. Her name was Megan. Don't remember her last name, but I was talking to her about it. And she's like super intelligent. She's just like. Yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, but you don't get to come back because your body like adapts to that and it can't withstand coming back to Earth. And she's just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to be a part of history and stuff. And I'm like, whew, it is wild. Like, and to hear somebody like just so confidently just be like, yeah, I'm excited to do this. Like, just to leave and go to Mars. I was like, whoa, this is so wild. (laughs) It's a little bit, um, a little bit further than just leaving home you leave home and then you leave the planet <laughs> yeah and like you don't come back like that's so wild yeah, to me yeah that's risky business because like is. you don't really know it's just like what's gonna happen basically dying or going to the next life yeah it's like, all right done here see what happens next <laughs> yeah no hot tubs out there, you know, no hot tubs. <laughs> not yet, I'm no. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll not yet. Is it cold on Mars or or hot? I'm pretty sure it's colder, yeah. It's cold, so yeah. they'd have to. That's part of, like, the whole terraforming thing, like, figuring out ways to, like, actually make it warmer. Because there's actually surface ice on Mars. Yeah. So if you can actually heat up Mars, it can actually create an atmosphere to where it could actually be terraformed and sustain life. Yeah. It's just you got to actually heat it up. By making a fake sun or something, right? Make Elon's talked about that, making a fake sun. Um, another theory is like you go to the poles of Mars and you just have these like nuclear pulses that keep going off that like heat up. Yeah. Heat up Mars over time. Figured out. But I then I think like radiation, like that would create a ton of radiation. Yeah. Like having nuclear explosions yeah, just not, going off. I'm not a scientist. Definitely. I'm not doing that. No, no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting. It, it would be cool. It would be cool to see that happen in our lifetime. Yeah. Like, see, oh, yeah. To witness something like that, to see it go, to go through it. And there's just so much stuff, like even just within the solar system that we like have yet to discover, like. One of Saturn's moons, um, Ulysses or something like that, it's like all ice and it's like shooting water out of like these geysers into space. So it's shooting water into space and they're like pretty sure after you get to that top layer of ice that it has like microorganisms and stuff like under there. So even though we're not talking life on planets, like there could be life on some of these moons that we haven't like went to yet. 
like microorganisms. Yeah, speaking of that, I was going to ask, do you believe in aliens? Do you think there's like, yeah. so I mean, I don't know what aliens are, but it's like there's got to be something else out there. It ha- There has to be. Like it's like a 99.9% yeah. chance. Like, yeah. There's just so many star systems out there with yeah. planets in that habitable, habitable zone. Yeah. Now you deal with like catastrophic events like asteroid impacts and stuff like, is there a civilization that is as advanced as ours or did it get reset already from, you know, just meteor strikes or volcanoes, different things like that. But it's, it's fascinating though, like to think about like we could very well be on the verge in our lifetime of finding those answers. Yeah. Just because of where we're at with technology, like no civilization has had that before. Yeah. It's crazy where we're at and where, where the world's headed. I mean, this the 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 amount of the the way that technology is rapidly advancing, just like with every with every year, like with every advancement in technology, it advances faster. Like, oh yeah, like with I don't know, you know what I'm saying. Like in the last like 20 years, the advancement in technology has been far more significant to the like the 20 years before that. You know, I feel like every like 10, 20 years, it just accelerates yeah. like doubles down because like the more technology you have the more you can make advanced things yeah. yeah so it's crazy so it's just like it's almost ahead of what humans can handle the technology like humans are having to catch up to learn how to deal with and use like social media and having a phone on you all the time all that stuff it's like it's all good tools but it's just humans are having a hard time keeping up and learning how to properly use and process all that. Well, right. And even like you just look at the way like society is, like how hard it, especially once COVID happened, like people coming out of that and just going out and talking to strangers and stuff. Like you can tell there's like that gap there where people are disconnected because we're kind of getting, the generations are kind of getting used to, you know, talking through the phone and FaceTime and Um, not as much face-to-face interaction aside from like when you go out, but it's a different world. It's a different world. And I just remember like being a kid, I kind of had that weird, like just being my age. How old are you? Uh, 25. You're 25. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 28. So like just being where I was, it was around like eight year or eighth grade was when I got my first phone. Mm -hmm. And before that, it was like. I got home from school. If I wanted to hang out with John, I had to either call John on the house phone and half the time I didn't have my friend's number or I had to walk four blocks up, knock on his door just to even see if he was allowed to come outside. (laughs) Like now you can like message people and it's, it's just so convenient. So wild. Um, and you just look at that, like you said, just how everything like doubles down. That was you know, less than 20 years ago. And here we are with AI mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And what that's going to advance, like that's going to advance technology. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's not even humans doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, like I said, I look at it as a good thing. It's, it's a good, it's tools. If humans learn how to use and handle them properly, mm-hmm. properly, I think it can just make the world a better place. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like a lot of research, like I love space stuff, obviously, but a lot of the stuff that they're finding out with like star systems and stuff, they're having AI scan over all of like the video footage and stuff and piecing certain things together that mm-hmm. they never 
never were able to yeah. figure out because it's like it's I feel just like that intelligent. I feel like AI can be so like humans best humans best traits and qualities. I feel like our creativity. Mm-hmm. I feel like AI can be the like the manual labor or whatever of process, do, doing yeah. all the work that doesn't involve creativity. Let humans just be creative, and then AI can do the rest. And hopefully, AI can keep people in check too like the bad yeah people i feel like honestly i feel like me and my brother talked about this but i feel like ai would make better government because there's no ego or or self you know like no human ego involved it's just they just do what's best what's best for real not based on money and all that so right, like right. there's no make, influence yeah. and stuff like that it's kind of like just, what are the rules they just we use follow actual intelligence to decide what's best for the people yeah, yeah. That, that's a very good point because yeah. i think a lot of people are just like have a headache over yeah. kind of how politics yeah, is right cause now it's just like it's just politicians are just i don't know they're they're like if you think about politicians they're usually not like it's a weird type of person that wants, like, do you think about the person who wants to be a politician? Because it's like, you already know it's the most corrupt thing. Yeah, and it's like, even if you're good, you have good intentions, you exhibit, like, putting that out there that my intentions are good, you're going to get squashed yeah. before you ever get to the top because they're like, no, we have a process. You're not screwing exactly. that Exactly. <laughs> you know, you kind of see that among some of these politicians, it's you know, kind of who rise in the ranks and then all of a sudden it's like, that guy's a good guy, but what happened to him? All yeah. about money and power. So if, if AI was in charge and there was no ego or human. Yeah, it would just be, hey, what would work? What's best? To solve this problem yeah, and exactly. it would be implemented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think... Bring it on, bring on it. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, make sure we make sure we educate people in the pro as in at the same time, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It's fun to think about though because it's dude, 20 years from now, this world could be completely different. It's insane, (laughs) it's insane. Like, uh, you don't think about it because you know, you'd see it gradually growing up but from now back to when i was born in like 97 the world's a completely different place mm-hmm. but another 20 years from now it could be like double double that <laughs> oh yeah yeah and like i even like just talking to my grandparents you know you talk about today and they're like we never thought <laughs> this is where we're yeah, gonna from, be yeah. and then when we're like for me i was born in 97 so i could live to be in the next like three three decades Mm -hmm. if i am that lucky so i uh it would be fun i'll be like i was born way back in the 1900s yeah like you're an old man not many people were (laughs) yeah and the cool thing is too like just the medical advancements that are going to happen yeah that is probably going to lead to us living even longer than what we think we can live now you know so like the average life expectancy would probably go up by the time we we get around that age yeah but yeah it's it's pretty wild. Did you see um this week that the first government approved flying car no is way. like officially going for pre-order? No way. Who's uh what company did that? I'm not too sure, but it's like available for pre-order for a quarter of a million dollars. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so would that be like is it street legal? I don't know. It said it can go like pretty high in the air, but 
I also read that it's slow speed. Mm-hmm. So I actually just saw this like it was either last night or like early this morning. That but it's crazy because I remember yeah. like I don't know years ago when I was a kid hearing of that oh flying cars like yeah someday but yeah I, I didn't know that it was actually like in the I never thought it was gonna happen just because like. Elon Musk brought up like a very good point in one of his interviews where he's like, you can't have cars flying over your head because think about how many times like car parts just fall Exactly, off. yeah. Like a muffler's just going to come down and like yeah. bonk somebody right in the head. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want like flying cars, but if they just like hover across the the street at a safe speed, maybe that's okay. But yeah, yeah, it's, to it's save, pretty like, interesting. To save, I guess, the streets and the tires. Well, yeah. I mean, that's another thing I know with PA we're dealing with, with people getting Teslas and stuff. So gas tax pays for repairing the roads. Oh, really? So people getting Teslas, they're not fixing the roads, like in terms of paying for the road tax, essentially with fuel. So now they have to pay, I think like it's like a thousand or two thousand dollars a year just to own a Tesla. That way the government can fix the roads since they're driving. Why can't they just do the same thing with like the electrical? They have to pay to plug in and charge, right? Well, a lot of people charge it at their house. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And like even those charging stations, I'm not sure how all of them work, but some of them are free. You know, you just go, you plug in. I mean, I'm sure maybe some of them you do have to swipe your card or something. That's true. They do. They do it at the house, so yeah, that's yeah. wild. It, it is wild, though, to think that, you know, no matter what we make to make life easier for us Some, financially, yeah. they're going to figure out a way to get yeah, <laughs> money yeah. from it. Oh, so yeah. absolutely. But, yeah. No, they need their money. Just they, like... they need their money. <laughs> you said you have a show coming up at Phantom Power. What are your upcoming shows? So in August... um, we have a show at the Carlisle Sports Emporium. Um, that's really cool. They just built this like barn right next to it where it's like a barn bar. Okay. And it's it's really neat. So we're doing a show there and the entire sound is going to be sent through the whole property. They have like mini golf. Like I said, they have a bar, but they got mini golf and arcade, batting cages, uh, go-karts and stuff. And it's open to like 1 a.m. That's cool. So our set's, I think, from 7 to 10. Um that's in August, and we have another one in November. Um, the official dates, you can check out RonnieOnSaturn.com. We have our event calendar on there. Um, also, the VIP club, um, we send out notifications as those shows come up. So cool. we'll send out a text to remind everybody. But yeah, man. I got to come out to a show sometime. It sounds fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. the Phantom Power show. I would yeah. I would definitely yeah. highly recommend that. That's going to be wild. When did you say that one is? Uh, October, October 20th. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep, so it'll be a Halloween party. So oh, yeah, the people Halloween, People can yeah. feel free. And I like dressing costume. up. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. perfect. <laughs> and that's funny, too, because, like, all of our shows, we have people come out in costume. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they haven't even been, like, Halloween shows and stuff like that. People just come out. Just because you dress up and it's just the kind of theme, I guess. It's just, like, they feel... Uh, Aliens, like people, you know, spacey I, vibes. Yeah. Like, people like I feel like people up. like dressing up because it's just another form of creativity. Yeah. So if they get if they have any kind of excuse to, they'll just do it. So yeah. your, your show gives them a reason to maybe dress up. So. Oh, for sure. Like, I have people, like, who they'll message me and be like, yo, I am looking at, like, these earrings and they're alien earrings. Should I get these ones or these ones? And stuff like that like that's really cool that's sick, to see man. people like invested in it um like especially with dressing up because i love doing that <laughs> on too. stage like yeah. last show put colored contacts in that no black, black light reactive that's yeah sick. do you wear makeup 
Uh, not yet. We were gonna do that. Um, yeah. it'll come. Yeah, it'll come. Like um, we have a makeup artist. So. Yeah, that's cool. You wear like a space suit, right? Yeah, I come a lot of my shows. Like, yeah. well, pretty much every single one. I'll come out in an astronaut suit with like fog and stuff nice. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fog machines are sick, dude. They add so much to a show. Fog machines with lights. Yeah, just adds especially so much. the lasers, man. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure. Do you have lasers? Yeah, yeah. We got the lasers. Uh, what's really cool or funny, I should say, not cool. The last Phantom Power show, we used actual fog juice instead of haze juice inside use haze juice yeah. it's, it's thinner so like those yeah. infrared like fire detectors pick up fog no but way. not haze we set the alarm off by by the time our second song oh, was wow. over like That's... the alarms were going off and like we just kept playing through it everybody loved it had yeah. fun laughed about it and stuff but dude we just stage effects man we go wild yeah awesome, <laughs> we dude. go wild nice man Dude, it was great having you on. This is a good podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Also, where can they follow you? Social media, TikTok. I see you on TikTok all the time, Instagram. Yep. So at Ronnie on Saturn on pretty much every platform. Uh, definitely check out our YouTube. Um, one thing we're going to specialize in is music videos. As all that kind of stuff comes together, uh, we want to do some really high budget Dude, music Yeah, videos. you could do some cool stuff with visual effects and all that. Oh, yeah. Do you have like a studio where you would do like green screenshots yeah. and like computer, computer uh, programmed? backgrounds and yeah. yeah pat pat has that kind I of stuff it. uh pat kearney give him a follow that's my producer but you can actually see some of the stuff that we're working on yeah. um in terms of like the space worlds nice. that we're creating for some of our videos and content and stuff so. does he do the editing for your videos too yeah. yeah nice. he's that's very cool. good like, yeah that's something very lucky to have him. <laughs> that's something i like doing as well i haven't gotten into music videos much but i'd like to so it's it's a uh, it's another fun thing to be able just another fun way to be creative and express it especially with the green screen it just adds so much you can do it's really cool to kind of see like how that process is done yeah. like he has some like tutorials that he has on his youtube channel yeah um and it's just i know nothing about it but just watching it it's like oh i want to learn this yeah. like i want to learn this this is so cool but yeah the green screen stuff i love yeah. i love that yeah yeah, just it's like a blank slate. You can just do whatever. <laughs> throw anything in the background. It's really cool. Yeah, I have one here too. Just like a one I can throw up in another room. So nice. It just adds like so much to like so much more that you can do in a small studio. Like if you have a green screen, you can just For it just sure. expands your opportunities by a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great having you on and I uh, wish you the best. Thank you. Be looking forward to more music and uh, coming well, to that show. Hell yeah. We'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Make sure you guys like and subscribe, follow him and his producer, Pat, and come back next week. Thank you.